My name is Roe and two sisters. I'm a midwife and urban curandera and re social reproductive justice um, person. And um, I have a brand called Preggers Can Be Choosers and uh, I'm the midwife and I do reproductive services there. My sister is in it with me. She's our mental health director. And um, one of the things I like to do is I have a series called Choosers and Choosers is me interviewing people that I know and also people who want to be interviewed about different um, fertility avenues that they chose and why they chose it. And um, we've done one where somebody managed a miscarriage at home with herbs and um, I'm interviewing somebody else who went through IVF and then ended up adopting. But the reason I wanted to talk to you is one, because I love you. And <laughs> two, because um, you have a really interesting story and you were very kind about sharing it not too long ago. So I wanted to kind of get that story and um, go from there. And I have a new cat, so she's trying to like crash the party here. I just want to say that. If she comes across, that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to start by saying how we met? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I uh, chose to get pregnant with my husband, uh, now ex-husband, but um, he was a good friend of yours. And um, we, I was having really gnarly problems in the first trimester, uh, terrible morning sickness and uh, very severe depression. Um, I wasn't entirely sure how we were going to solve it and doctors weren't really helping. And so I was asking my partner for help and he was being pretty unsupportive uh, the whole time, but he did have the wonderful idea to talk to you, Rowan. And um, the only thing that he said about you was that, you know, that you had been um, like a medic uh, and also that you were a birth doula. And mm -hmm. so I was kind of thinking, you know, when we met up at that uh, Chinese restaurant that we were going to be talking about birth. And um, it turned out that, you know, once I started talking to you, we, you provided more options um, that made me very, very happy to have met you because I <laughs> hadn't really, I wasn't seeing the bigger picture. And so yeah, so we met at a at a Chinese restaurant to talk over options. <laughs> and I didn't know that you were pregnant. I thought that um, Neil wanted me to perform like a wedding or something, you know, like I, I didn't really know what was going on, but he was super insistent that we meet. And Neil, I would know, like I'd be pretty close to him for a little bit. And then, um, you know, like I wouldn't see him for four years or something. So out of the blue, he was like, you have to come meet, you know, um, Lacey and you have to like get to know her and I was like okay dude you know like all right and, I was, and then it almost didn't work out and I was like okay and I remember sitting there and that it kind of came out that you were pregnant and you were being I remember like I don't know shy or depressed or whatever not really making a lot of eye contact right just looking at your ramen yeah and then um, I remember I got up out of the chair and I got in between you guys because we we're on those like kind of high stool you know ones like those elevated tables and I was like, congratulations. And I went up, I got up to go hug Neil because you were sitting next to me and he was across from me. And I went to go hug him. And then I saw the look on your face and I was like, wait a minute, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do this. And that's how the conversation started, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will never forget uh, those eight words that you said to me. Uh, I think it was eight words. Um, should we be thinking about family planning? were your exact words and I was like what do you mean family planning because I had never I mean I it was like going through my head that it was an option um 
but I was like pushing it back because of every conservative value, you know, my parents had and, um, you know, just a lot of the like really antiquated ideas behind uh, what having an abortion is and what kind of person it makes you. And, um, but I knew like in my heart that it was what I needed at that point. Um, I was dealing with some very severe depression. And if I wouldn't have, you know, talked about that option with you, I, I could have ended up killing myself. Um, it, it was a very real possibility at that point. I remember looking at your face and, you know, I'm pretty astute when it comes to energy and your whole, like, your light was so dim, dude. And <laughs> like, and I didn't even know you, but I thought, oh, fuck, this is really bad. And I know a lot more about postpartum depression or like perinatal depression now, you know? And now I yeah. know that if you have um, depression before you're pregnant, you'll probably get it while you're pregnant. And if you don't get it while you're pregnant, you're for sure going to get it while postpartum, right? Um, with sleep deprivation and all that stuff that comes postpartum. And I remember at one point you said to me, I'm not sure that I can survive this pregnancy. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, this is bad. This is really bad. But I also didn't want to like lay my trip on you, you know, like, don't do this lady. I don't know very well. Like, this is a terrible <laughs> idea, you know? So I was trying to be like super chill, but inside I was like, dude, this is, this no, no be bueno. And I remember you said to me, but I got pregnant on purpose. Like, and what will we tell people? Yeah. Um, I felt like, uh, you know, something that I've heard over the years from more conservative people, especially people in my family is, um, you know, if you made the choice to have sex or if you got pregnant on purpose, it's your responsibility to go through with it. Um, and it makes you a shitty person if you don't. Um, I hope it's okay if I drop a couple swear bombs. Okay, good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, and over the years, you know, with your help and also reading stories from like the Shout My Abortion um, sort of um, trend that I'm so happy is, is happening. Uh, it's led me to believe that, you know, there doesn't have to be room for shame in making a decision like this. Uh, and also, you can change your mind. And you gave me, I mean, you were basically, like, not only physically there for me uh, through the abortion process, but you were also spiritually there for me in a lot of ways. Um, and sort of gave me a new perspective and, and explained things in a way that made me feel a lot better about it. And um and uh, to justify, you know, what was going to happen, um, you know, based on what needed to happen and that I wasn't a bad person for doing it. That was, uh, like, so helpful even today in feeling like I made the right decision. Hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. I remember that, um, like, people don't, I'm not being very eloquent, but, like, feeling so backed into a corner. You know, I did work as a medic for a long time, and I saw lots of people, and I'm not saying that this would have been your story, but I saw people that once got pregnant and felt like they had to stay pregnant, and I don't think they did that energy that came through them, you know, that child. I don't think they did that energy any favors. You know, and maybe that was that energy's agreement to come through and have a real rough life. But I didn't want that for you. And I didn't want that for, you know, a, a potential child of yours. Like it just, I've seen how bad stuff can get. And if we can make better choices up front, then let's do it. You know, um, I remember you said to me really scared, you know, what am I going to tell people? 
Do you remember what I told you? Right. You were like, you don't have to tell people anything. I mean, you can make whatever up. Like when it comes to your parents, you can just tell them that you had a miscarriage. Um, you know, it's none of their business. It's your business and your body and, and you can do with that whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that was an eye opener for me. I mean, cause it, it was worded differently. Like I was kind of like, that's lying. And then you were like, that's also none of their business. So <laughs> a little white lie, you know, is going to be great for you. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> yeah. It's Kitty Pennyroyal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I've been learning a lot of, like I'm taking a class right now on abortion and miscarriage um, and like supporting people through both of those, like as a midwife, because for you, I was your doula, but, um, and I can't perform abortion. Sorry, my cat is uh, I can't perform abortions as a midwife in Texas currently, but the minute I can as a professional midwife, which may never happen in my lifetime, I'm going to do it. And I used to say, um, you know, like um, being an abortion provider isn't my dream job, but somebody has to do it. But now I'm like, fuck yeah, if this helps people be better people and it helps children not come to this world and get super fucked up and it helps people like live more enriched, you know, people who get pregnant, if it helps them have the life that they want to have, yeah, I'm going to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. Because that would be incredible. I'm a midwife. That's what midwives do. And, you know, like one of the, there's a doctor named Dr. Brad Bootslayer, who is fabulous. And he has a birth center model. That's a birth center and a termination place. They do abortions and, and births at the same place. Now that's some full spectrum work, right? So what if we had our minds, like, that's what you did. Like when you saw somebody in the office, you didn't know if they were there for a pap smear or an STI or, you know, some type of massage, or if they were there to get, um, you know, their, an early pregnancy test or a termination or support with a miscarriage. Like, it would be none of our business, right? We're just all there and, like, you know, on our fertility journey, whatever that outcome is. And Dr. Brad says that um, there's four, the, you know, like, there's outcomes to birth that are a full-term live birth, which is what most people think of is going to happen when you get pregnant. And then one in four people have a miscarriage, you know? And so why don't we think about a termination or an abortion? That's also a normal outcome of a pregnancy. It's one of just the normal outcomes and really destigmatizing it. And oh my God, we have so much so far to go to get to that point. But anyway, so that like kind of shifted me a lot, taking this class and stuff um, and being more like, well, why not? wouldn't it be one of my dream jobs? Like in one of my dream jobs is to help people, you know, have, you know, deliver wherever they want to deliver. So why wouldn't this part be? Anyway, so I'm just doing personal development myself. Okay. So let's fast forward to, um, me and you, and we're in uh, the waiting room at Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, uh, coming through the gate, there were the protesters, and you were like, and I was getting all riled up, and you were like, "Oh, just ignore them. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we have to drive past them, but we'll get past them." And I'm like rolling the window down, and I'm like, "Hey, motherfucker! I'm like, it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Shouldn't you be home with your family?" And he was just like. It, like mid handing me a pamphlet like didn't know what to say and you kind of look at me like <laughs> that was cool <laughs> and uh we uh anyway so yeah we head up and and get settled in the waiting room and there's like maybe what like, three or four other couples or like you know women who were alone I'm pretty sure we were all there for the same purpose and uh I will <laughs> I will never forget this exact moment when like you and I are sitting there and we're just kind of chilling. I'm a little nervous and it's time for, um, the girl sitting next to me, uh, to go in. 
um, the, you know, the examination room and she stands up and collects her thing and her boyfriend or I assume whoever I assume to be her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> or even her brother or I don't know, someone very awkward and had no idea, you know, what they were going to say or do, uh, kind of looks up at her and awkwardly is just like, well, have fun. And, <laughs> You you kind of just made this exasperated sigh, and I just put my head in my hands, and uh, yeah, I was like, well, thank God, um, I have Rowan here instead of that asshole, like, or you know, the person that I was dating at the time that I don't think would have had that reaction, but he he certainly wasn't very supportive, and um, I think he said something snide later on too. But uh, do you want me to tell the whole story about how you guided me through it? And yeah, okay. sure. Great. So, um, eventually it was my chance, you know, my time to go in. They said my name and you took my hands and looked me right in the eyes and said, you got this, you know, I'm here for you. And even though I can't be in there with you, uh, I'm, I'll be right out here when you get out and then, you know, I'll take you home and I'm going to take care of you. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. Um, I went in and had the procedure done and ended up going the, um, the sedative route. They gave me a, a sedative IV, which um, ended up making me really sick afterwards. Um, I have a, a pretty weak stomach when it comes to any sort of drugs like that. So I don't remember if you met me. Did you meet me in, that, in the um, recovery room or did I meet you in the back in the waiting room? They had a little hallway that you would walk out. So they came and got me. And then at the door of the recovery room, and you were one of the last people. So, and then from there, we walked out together. Yeah. Um, and that is something that, like, having you there saved my life in the way that I, I wouldn't have been able to drive myself home. And they certainly weren't going to let me stay there. So it was like, I needed you and you took care of me, like holding my like little like vomit pail because <laughs> I was like throwing up so much. I felt so bad. And you were just like so cool and collected and um, drove me to um, my partner's, uh, the, the grocery store where he worked and ended up buying me lunch. You know, we got soup and bread and said hi to him and he gave us both a big hug and made sure I was okay and yeah and then you drove me home and like had to help me up the stairs and um got me into bed and like I uh once I got some food in my stomach I felt a lot better and I just remember like hanging out in bed with you I think we had like the big king-size bed then we were just sitting like side by side just like not really saying anything and you know I was just so tired and you were just like standing at my bedside being like anything, call me, you know, literally anything at all. Just get some rest. You're probably going to feel a lot better tomorrow. And, uh, I did. I felt so good the next day, had all my energy back. Um, I had, it was almost like an adrenaline rush, you know, and I had, um, a lot of positive, like, uh, mood back. And, uh, yeah, the whole experience was incredible. Sorry, my cat is breaking shit over here. Um, 
Yeah, I remembered like once the hormones left your body, like you were a completely different person, somebody I'd never met before, you know, (laughs) because you were like, you know, like interesting and like bubbly and stuff where before you'd been so flat and apathetic and lethargic. And I really got to see how, how intense that depression had been, you know? So yeah, it was like, as soon as you, um, the hormones left your, the building, you were like, Oh, Hey, I was like, okay, look at this woman. <laughs> I'm a person, I, I swear. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah that, uh, didn't, that didn't occur to me that, uh, I just, I mean, and, it, and it's so interesting, like, hearing now from a different perspective, like, just how bad it was, because there was still some guilt looking back and being like, no, I might have made it, you know, maybe I could have done this, maybe I wasn't strong enough or something, but I mean... No, it was like, that was like definitely one of the darkest places in my life. And I'm, I could still be there if I had chosen to have that child and, you know, made a really bad decision, but here we are. And here we are. And yeah, Lacey, I don't know. I don't don't think you would have survived the pregnancy. I remember thinking that she's not going to survive this pregnancy. And thank goodness you took me seriously because no one else was. So you would, I didn't know that part that you were talking to the doctor and they had, didn't have any help for you or didn't say anything. They were basically like, well, we could put you on antidepressants. But then I was talking to my other friend who was pregnant and was like, no, that's really bad for the fetus. Like you shouldn't do that. And I was like, well, fuck, if this is actually going to happen, I don't want to, you know, have like a, you know, like give birth to like a disabled baby if I can avoid it. Or, you know, I felt like really stuck. Mm-hmm. between I don't know and you know talking to my partner about it he was just kind of like just kind of threw his hands up and you know he was like almost threatening to leave me because of the mood swings and because of what the hormones were doing to me and I I was going to be a single mom I realized if I did make that decision and I'd still be a single mom today there's no doubt about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so what do you so Do you remember when your roommate came home? Yeah, I think. Kind of. Were you there? You were there, weren't you? I was still there. I stayed for a long time and you were just kind of dozing and I was just kind of, and this is before we had phones up our nose all the time. So I think I was just like, (laughs) you know, hanging with you or whatever, but your roommate came home and she was like, why is Rowan here? I think I knew her like once kind of, you know, I'd met her once like superficially and because we have overlapping social circles, and yeah. and you told her, do you remember what you told her? You probably don't. You were kind of out of it. You just told her, um, I'm having a miscarriage, and that's why Rowan's here. And she said, oh, that's probably why you've been feeling so bad these last couple of days. Okay. And then just kept right on. Like, she never knew anything different. Did you ever tell her some, Tell her what had happened? Uh, I think I did tell her because she's, like, very liberal and very cool, and I knew she would understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm cool and now you um you wrote up this really cool story and if it's okay i'll probably go back and um share that like i'll probably make a blog post out of this um but you wrote it up really well so what made you decide to like um do the shout your abortion what does what made you what compelled you to do that yeah well i wrote it twice and the first time was right after i had had the abortion uh and it it wasn't the best story i felt like i needed to rewrite it from a position of somebody who has taken five years to really sort of figure out 
um, do a lot of like, what's the word, like, just like really deep thinking on the whole thing. And um, yeah, it, uh, uh, Planned Parenthood got a new president, I believe, and was, was talking about choice um, on a couple news programs I listened to. Uh, I had read some other stories from, from people there used to be the website called I love my abortion.com, which I was like, holy shit, like that is a bold statement that I have never heard from anyone else. They were saying, you know, I, I'm proud that I had this abortion, like I didn't want a baby. And I was like, wow, you know, if they can come out and say that and probably help a bunch of people, then that's what I want to do too. Um, for anyone else out there who's struggling. Um, and, and yeah, I wrote about you and, um, I just wrote about abortion in a very positive light. Um, and the response I got was overwhelmingly really good. That's cool. That's cool. My parents still don't know and they probably never will know. They're not connected with you on social media? No, I, they are, but I like block certain people, like certain family members. Got it. Got it. Got it. So if um, anything that you, like if you could talk to your, your now self, could talk to your past self, anything that you would say? I'd probably just repeat back the stuff that you told me, but uh, <laughs> um, I would definitely, you know, also say uh, this is going to get a whole lot better and uh, having a baby wasn't going to solve the problems that you have today. Mm. Um, and that things are going to get a whole lot better in five years. You're going to be a long haul truck driver who is financially independent uh, and don't need no man, which I think, you know, I would love to be in, <laughs> I would love to be in a relationship again, but um, you know, I'm waiting for the right one. And at that point I felt like I needed to be in a relationship to be happy. And um, yeah, just to just be like, you're going to be a badass and like, four or five years, you'll see, you know, you don't have to do this. And, um, it, you know, it, it's going to change your life in a positive way. And, uh, maybe if you choose to, you can always revisit this in the future, but now's not a good time. Now's not a good time. And that's the thing about planning parenthood, right? You can decide and sure. Some people have fertility challenges later, but nothing forever sure is a given, right? So we just make the best decision we can right now and go forward. Have you um, shared with other people? Like, have you ever talked to somebody who's in a situation where they're not sure what they want to do with their fertility and have an opportunity to share your abortion story? Um, yeah, there were a couple times where I saw friends of mine in the same situation in their first trimester and feeling extremely depressed and angry. Oh my goodness. There's so much anger. Um, with the hormones. And I don't know if that's basically when I see those kind of emotions coming out of, of friends of mine, I try to figure out, is this anger because it's just the chemicals and you really want the baby or is this anger because, you know, this is like, I, you know, I try to feel them out on if this is the right choice for them mm -hmm. before like even getting into my story. Um, both times it turned out they wanted the baby. They were just feeling super duper crazy in their first trimester. And then as it went on, it got a lot better. But, um, you know, I have a couple friends right now who 
I've even told that I'm speaking with you today and um, they had an abortion and feel, you know, like it is like a dark cloud over them every day. Mm. And yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you listen to, um, to this like uh, video that we're making, you know, maybe it'll give you a different perspective. Yeah. They're just working something out, but we don't ever know. And we're just always doing the best we can. And to feel shame or guilt or self-harm over that, I just don't think that's what's up. I think um, being compassionate and choosing love is the best thing. And, you know, especially in situations like yours, like there's no doubt in my mind that you would have harmed yourself in that first trimester. I, you weren't going to make it out alive at all. And, um, and things don't have to be that dire for somebody to choose an abortion for sure, right? So I just want everybody to do what's best for them and to love themselves more. And I have a um, person that I admire. Her name is Lizzo. Do you know her? I'll put the Lizzo oh, link in. The artist? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, she just did a tiny desk conference or um, tiny desk concert. And she said, if you can love me, then you can love yourself, you know, which is real opposite from the, you know, don't love um, any, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. I mean, that's bullshit. Cause I all, you know, like I struggle with self-compassion, self-love, just like I'm pretty sure all of us do, but I love you tremendously. So don't fucking tell me I don't love my girl Lacey because I'm not full of self-love in this perhaps moment, you know? So, but Lizzo saying that, I'm like, okay, that's right. We, you know, if you can love me, then you can love yourself. And I think if we all love ourselves more and let ourselves off the hook more and people who want to be judgmental and hateful and shitty, why don't you do that to yourself instead of people who are choosing things other than what you would? I don't know. And, yeah. when pe and when people say like, you know, abortion's bad, don't, you know, you shouldn't choose an abortion or whatever. I'm like, well, don't fucking have one if it upsets you that much. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you were a fucking dude. You weren't going to have one anyway. Like, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's the men that make all these decisions for us. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Lizzo has a great message. And I love the shit out of you too, Rowan, like so much. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah, it, uh, the, one of the best things that for, for me was in, you know, in Texas, they make you, uh, do like a little sonogram printout of the little being. I know. And you have to listen to the heartbeat and, um, it's supposed to guilt you into not doing it. But honestly, I just found it really interesting. I was like, wow, this is like a, you know, like a hummingbird heartbeat. Like it's, it's beating mm -hmm. like eight times faster than like a resting adult. And um, once I saw the little sonogram, the doctor was like, you know, he was really respectful. And he's like, you don't have to look at this. He's like, I have to give it to you technically, but you don't have to look at it. I can throw it away. And I was like, no, I want to see. And it was just like a little bitty little lima bean. And mm -hmm. probably even smaller than a lima bean. And I was just like looking at the photo and I'm like, oh my God, it's just like this little tiny thing. And anybody who tries to tell you that it's like a baby is, is full of shit. Like, I, I I don't mean to sound like I'm so callous about it, and I do respect that energy, um, mm -hmm. but they try to make it sound like it's 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 so much bigger than it is it, that you're like a murderer and taking a life, and it's just simply not true. Mm -hmm. um, and and putting that guilt on people who can get pregnant that's that's so more so much more messed up. Because you're bringing babies into the world who might not have a loving home. You know, you're filling up the foster care system. 
uh, you're, you know, forcing women to harm their bodies. Maybe if it's something that's not viable for them. Um, I don't know. Of course, I have a whole lot of super liberal opinions about that, and, and we could discuss that forever. That's a never-ending can of worms, but... <laughs> Let me ask you, um, and you don't have to answer this, but some of those dark times, did you already have a plan on how to end the life and within yourself? Like, not your pregnancy, but to end your own life? Yeah, well, my thoughts... I mean, I'm, like, crying at work, and I'm Googling the most desperate Google searches you can ever imagine. Just like you're on the computer Googling like desperately need help pregnant. What should I do? Uh, and the sad thing is like, you just think that everyone's going to know if you go to Planned Parenthood or maybe you can't afford it. Cause that was a really big barrier for us at the time. I could hardly afford prenatal vitamins. Um, I think it ended up costing a total of $500, which put a pretty big strain on us at the time. I mean, we almost had to take out a loan for it, um, which neither of us had the credit for. Uh, and so my mind went to really dark places where it's like, if I can't abort this baby myself, then I'm just going to kill myself because I had already been suicidally depressed for like half my life anyway. And so that seemed like an easier way out than having an abortion. Like, isn't that sad? that I felt like ending my own life was easier than getting an abortion. Um, and so I was just thinking like, you know, I, I was like a step away from Googling coat hanger abortion because, and I'm not even joking. And that's so horrible that I felt like I had to go that direction. And if we end up making abortion illegal or more difficult to get, that era is coming back. No doubt oh, about it. It totally is. It totally is. Like that Google search is going through the roof. Like how to self-terminate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to say? I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Anything else that you want to say to anybody who might be watching this in the future? Or, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Um, and... I don't know. Uh, I just feel like if, if you're out there and you're in the same position I was, just remember it's, it's your body, your choice, and don't listen to, you know, your family or the news or anyone who says that it's not a choice. Um, you know, maybe get a hold of someone like Rowan uh, who can help you through the decision-making process and maybe be like a spiritual guide or otherwise, especially if you're, you know, in Texas. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. You have options and, and things are going to be okay. Just hang in there. I wanted to say that when somebody was Googling and they wanted somebody like to support them as they go through a termination, then uh, the word for that is a full spectrum doula or an abortion doula or a loss doula. But full spectrum means that that doula is prepared. If you decide to stay pregnant, they're down. If you're wanting to terminate, they're down. Or if you have, you want to adopt, or if you have a pregnancy loss where um, you miscarry, they're down. So those are the words, the Googleable words is full spectrum do love. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all I have to say, but I appreciate you being here with me and I appreciate um, our journey together. And um, you're right. I like wanted to like backhand that guy in the waiting room who said, <laughs> it's like, whatever, dude. Um, but I was glad I was there for you. And, you know, continue. Like, I, I really love 
I love that we're still connected, you know? And that's crazy that that was five years ago, but I guess it was. So Yeah, I'd have a four-year-old right now, and I probably would have had to move back in with my parents, and, you know, just that would be my life. And I'm really yeah. glad it's not my life. And I value your friendship, too. I'm so happy you stayed friends. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like a long-haul truck driver. That's pretty incredible. Can you tell yeah, me how I'm you... living the dream. How did you even get interested in that, or how did you find that? Uh, you know, I was like a, a pizza delivery driver for 10 years. Um, it's just an easy job for somebody who doesn't like customer service, uh, but, you know, loves to drive. And, uh, I don't know. I just talked to a friend who was doing it and said he was, um, you know, making good money doing it. And so I went out to Missouri and started my training. Uh, it would have been like, uh, October 2017. And yeah, the rest is history. I mean, I love it. It's just me and my little dog um, out on the open road and I wake up in a new town every day and it's amazing. It's like, it's cool. totally my dream job. And if automation doesn't take it away from me, then I'll do it for as long as I can. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, babe. I love you very much. And it'll probably take me a couple of days to kind of put this together. Um, the video will go up on YouTube before um, I write the blog post, but eventually I'll link the blog post. I'm doing a website redesign, so that's what that's going on. But um, we'll get it out and people start watching, and hopefully this helps other people. Um, I'm not sure, like I'm sure at some point there will be a barrage of shitty comments on YouTube. So I might just turn the comments off. You yeah, know? never read the comments because yeah. most people don't have anything nice to say. Right, right. Okay, but the nice thing <laughs> I can say is that I love you very much. Yeah, I love you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, I'm going to stop the recording now. Ciao for now. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>